I'm Tommy Beardmore. I'm Adam DiCarlo. And welcome to Before the Break, a podcast for actors, by actors, brought to you by Working Actor Pro. Um, all right, here we go. Adam, are you wearing the shirt that I got you? I am for my you birthday. You are, I yeah. thought so. Uh, what a sweet And the heart. pillow you got me this year is right there. Look at that. <laughs> that Ben is sleeping on. I'm a pretty good friend. Pretty good friend. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. How you feeling? Pretty good. I'm good. Got a great show today. We do. Very what? excited. About it. Um, everybody, our guest today, um, is a film, TV and theater actor based out of Chicago. He has graced the stages of Steppenwolf, the Irish theater of Chicago, Straw Dog, and many others. His TV and film credits include Empire, Shameless, Chicago Med, Fire, NPD. You know him as Oni Giddles Milligan on FX's Fargo and can be seen in the new season of Stranger Things on Netflix. Watch it. Playing Agent Harmon. Please welcome Jeff Award winner, Ira Amix. Hi, Ira. Hello, hello. Thank Good you. to see you, and thank you so much for being here. Well, you're welcome. Thank Ira, you. did I say your last? Did I say your last name right? Uh, I didn't hear you, Amix. Oh, good. He didn't. Yeah. Hear, I was not paying attention. Good. Yeah. I got it right. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Um, you're a Chicago guy. You know, I came to Chicago in twenty in two thousand nine. And yeah. as the few months and maybe few years rolled in, you were amongst some of those actors that I would always hear about, occasionally see in the audition room, but I'd never had you on a set or, you know, even in the same audition. You were kind of like, like the Michael Patrick Thornton kind of guys who I just never got around to meet. Sure. But I was always very intrigued by your work. Um, you're obviously a, a great actor, and, and I'm really, really happy that you're down to to chat. So um, let's start at the beginning, as we always do. You're a Boise man, yes? Yeah, I grew up in and around Idaho. Yeah, how was that? It was uh, different. How many years <laughs> did you spend there? What's that? How many years did you spend? So I was born in Boise in 1977, and then... Uh, I had a pretty complicated youth in terms of moving. Huh. Uh, I think I went to like 12 or 15 grade schools. Wow. So it was a little chaotic, but usually in and around Idaho, ended up graduating high school, maybe 20 miles out of Boise and Caldwell. Mm. And then I did my undergrad at Boise State. Right. Go Broncos. Got out of there in 2000. And uh, yeah, that's that's the right Idaho. on. Did you did you think I were like, uh, having moved and the effects of that, especially on a child, did you adopt certain traits, characteristics, survival techniques in that whole? Yeah, without a, yeah, sure. without a doubt. What yeah. do you think was the thing that you kind of, that sort of formed you in that way? Well, it's sort of like any uh, <laughs> tragic artist story of struggle. I mean, you know, you're always the new kid. There's always, you know, a new group of people to assimilate to and to, you know, kind of <clears throat> navigate and figure out who you are and where you are. And I think oftentimes a lot of people end up playing a lot of characters doing that. 
Yeah. I imagine that's I mean, a huge thing in youth, isn't it, Ira? Just to get uh, in the group of guys, you were yeah. doing the impressions. You, you know, I landed it. I landed in Boise a couple months ago to see an old friend, and it, it, it like physically, like alters you. You know, when you go to your hometown, you, doesn't you it? You, you wear a bit of a mask, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So was was there much of um? Did acting the seed was it planted in that? time or was it more in college you think I, it was in high school i was yeah. very fortunate that uh I, I had a high school drama teacher who's still a very same friend i went to see uh and just kind of a king of comedy kind of guy and he was pretty influential on me i think he was able to help take some maybe class clown kind of smart ass angry kid shit and like uh, you know, focus channel on, it on, on some farces you know so <laughs> uh that was, you know, the high school, I really got the bug and I was fascinated by it. I, I wasn't into religion. I, I wasn't really into sports and it really became kind of my church. Like, wow, you can really make a difference if you can tell the right story to the right person. I really love that you called it church. And, and I've said it a billion times and Adam's going to roll his eyes. But, you know, the spiritual aspect of this of this pursuit, it is church to some people. The same thing that church does for others acting for us does does for us um yeah. it kind of saves you it makes the world make sense a little bit and yeah, it's a, you feel it's a, a lifelong more event that you're never really gonna figure out yeah and so yeah. talk to me about college what what was that experience like did you feel like you got a good amount of um, oh man i was i was super lucky in my undergrad i had a pretty talented group of guys and and women mostly male i hate to say it but that's the way it was yeah. uh, all through my education. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I had acting coaches that were just fantastic and I w was lucky enough to uh, kind of, there's a sister company, the Idaho Shakespeare festival, which I was able to kind of get into as a, like an apprentice, you know, when I was like 17 and then I was an intern when I was 19. And you were probably seeing older regional kind of actors, people probably our age now, yeah, we're coming back in and doing the thing, and you're oh, probably yeah. I mean, the, the lesson like it was just masterclass. Yeah, you know, you're dealing. What were some of the things that you saw that you kind of took and kept you with know, you? Just just watching the same guy perform, you know, play Macbeth and and then play Lear in the same season in repertory, the kind of like strength and endurance. <laughs> that takes endurance you know, like it's it's just no joke you know and 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 really watching those trained guys as it turned out like classical theater isn't necessarily my jam but man learning the craft from those guys who really can can get yeah. their voice back to the house and and have that what is it it's the delaware right it's all those guys out of uh the professional actor training program up in delaware steve tag i think is mm or used to run that program, but just like a, a learned experience, you know, and, and, and in clowning in performing like great physical characters, you know, yeah. that, that regional Shakespeare, there's no better place. It's funny. People don't really think, you know, of the endurance and athleticism that some performance takes. Right. Cause it's like, you have the athletes who do sports and then it's like the theater people who, and it's like, Look at these people on Broadway who do that eight times a week with all that choreography to, like you said, reach the back of the house, especially like in plays when you're not uh, 
miked, that is some serious athleticism and endurance that I think most people don't think of just how uh, physically demanding and hard live performance here is. And film and film too, to be honest. I mean, in a different way, yeah, it can be a grueling career. Physically. Yeah, you never know how like there's nothing about shooting that's glamorous. What's <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like oh Hollywood and they're all burp, burp, burp. Yeah, you spend a week straight on a set, it is fucking exhausting. Yeah, and you, there's you, nothing you, cool <laughs> or glamorous about it no, at all. No. The end of a of a 16 hour shoot day and you're you didn't know you had eye muscles that could be sore. Or like, no, exactly. And just the amount of focus it takes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you throw like some cold weather on that and so, like your 10th kind bar. And you're like, yeah. yeah. Right. I was just going to say, say something Enough. about crafty. Yeah, I I'm just a, showed you know, my co-star this week. I was in a three piece <laughs> suit and it was 95 degrees here in New York. Right. So, yeah. oh my God, Ira, like, what was your jam? If you were watching these guys and you were like, you know, you're kind of figuring out what you did like, certain people know exactly kind of what niche they're going for. You've obviously done so much theater and, and um, even more on screen, but at that age, did you kind of know where you were gunning? You know, that's a good question. No. And I don't, I don't think anybody does. I mean, no. they can pretend they do, but the path kind of chooses you. I mean, you know, I, I knew, especially getting into grad school and meetings, you know, frankly, a bigger tier of talent and just some guys from big cities. And it was like my jam pretty quickly became American realism. I mean, you know, that was, you know, I was all about all the like now they're all canceled. But like I really studied a lot of David Rabe and a lot of Mammon, a lot, you know, that and Sam Shepard was like yeah. my, my hero. Uh, what did so, you like about oh God, that? All those names are taking me back to circle in the square yeah. and all of that really yeah. intense. But I was good at it. I got intense. it. I was trash. I mean, I grew up trash. And like I understood that, those boys. You it know? was something you, you read and you were like, oh, I get this. That's who I was, yeah. Beautiful. So, and I, I also had this other problem where I've kind of looked 50 since I was about 15. <laughs> and, and so this th- there's this film thing that never happened for me when I was younger. And, you know, I had a lot of personal problems, too. I, you know, I'm happy to talk about that, too. But, uh, you know, my film career didn't really even start until 2015. I mean, isn't that something? Wow. You know, I was I was 35 years, 36, seven years old before I ever even auditioned for a film. I remember being in Chicago and I left in 15, right. but the, and I think we may have had, you're with Gray, I believe. Were you ever with Marisa Panessa? I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's awesome. So she's, I saw, I saw post any, anybody from Chicago who's on this show, that right. name always comes up. Right. Yeah. She's an awesome lady, but I'm, yeah. I'm currently with uh gray Talia. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was seeing you, Tommy in like, I mean, and you're just, we're so different. I mean, we just are like you are you're such a handsome young energetic positive guy and i feel like oh man but i remember going to like a i want to say it was a walmart commercial or something and i found this like old crumpled blue thing and i'm sitting next to you and you just look i mean you look like you've already got the spot it was like <laughs> this is, i think i booked it actually you probably did like i've, I, I've, I, never, I I've never booked a commercial in my life <laughs> 
Same. Yeah. Not I my think, I think that you will. I think that you will going forward because I think back even 10 years ago, it was squeaky clean. We want the talent to look like the, our yeah. client or our yeah. customers. And now it's like anybody and everybody, the more authentic person you are, the, the more appetizing you are to, to the, to the commercial client, I think. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's all I can do to try to be aspirational. But you know what? It's, I, it's I mean, hard, they, like, they said this note for me to play. They said this to Ron Perlman when he was 32 and in New York and he signed with an agent, his agent said 43 or so that's when you're going to work. I'll sign you. And he's like, well, why, why do you say that? Just trust me. That's when you're work. And that's exactly yeah. when he grew into his look, whatever yeah. that was. And yeah. I think you have a wonderful look, but maybe now you're coming into this look where your age and your look and everything's kind of syncing up. And I mean, your last yeah. few years have been incredible. And you're, and it's like you turn around and then suddenly you have like a resume. It's like, right. oh, I actually have some some credits here. Yeah. Which are going to give you a much bigger chance in the room, I think, of being chosen. Well, you know? talk about talk about going to Chicago and and how that sparked and what were you facing in those first steps? Yeah. So, yeah, I moved to New York right out of grad school. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I lived there for about four years. And as you may or may not know, I'm, I, I've also worked extensively on film crews. I'm an, I'm an art director and I've been, a, I've been a prop guy and an effects guy. Awesome. I actually own my own company, uh, co-own my own company in town that we do like high-end set design and stuff like that. So I was always, cool. uh, you know, in both worlds. <laughs> Right. And, and so, we are, you're actually talking, people, we're all, I mean, hell, sure. a couple of weeks ago, if I knew that, I would have asked your company <laughs> to come on to do art. We were doing the thing in Wisconsin. Um, that's right. awesome. Right. And, and didn't right. it, didn't it help you? Uh, it's almost like your garden had even more to produce because you were plugged in to this, these oh, two yeah. worlds. Well, you just learn a film set. I mean, yeah. you know how, you know what you're doing when you go to work, Yep. you know, uh, so Chicago, you know, I got kind of stuck in New York. I did a few shows. I couldn't make any money. It what was year was this? What, yeah, what year is post-MFA? So, uh, I guess that would have been like 2003. Okay. I moved to New York 2003 to 2007. I was there. But, you know, I did learn some art department stuff and got some really high-end, like, onset experience. Moved to, or came to Chicago to do a play, actually, with a theater called The Strange Tree Group hmm. for some – Cats out of Indiana U, where I got went to grad school. Yeah, IU. I'm a Purdue man, so. Right, right. And I just got to looking around. And I was like, man, Chicago's like the land of opportunity. And it was like, yeah, get there. And finally, by 2010, I was able to get up. I directed a play called King Ficus, which kind of helped, you know. But early on, you know, I always knew, like, this isn't going to happen for you right away. Like, I knew that. And so my thing was always that's a very intelligent thing to know because so many people they do this and it's like, well, why aren't people knocking on my door? Why they think the timeline is so short. And it's yeah. like, A, it's different for everybody, yeah. but people want it now, want it now, want it now. And to have the foresight of, you know, this could be a marathon and not a sprint. And this may take some time yeah. is a very uh, mature perspective to have on such a difficult career. Yeah. Yeah. I was lucky that way, but it's, and it's like the, 
the theater's like this horrible, sexy ex-girlfriend that keeps calling you back. I mean, it, yep. it, and so you, you can step away me. and then she like, I said, no, you can be the lead. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, but I, I won't say it wasn't a struggle. I mean, it, it, just doing theater is a struggle. It's just hard work. And it, it, it takes so much out of you. You get very little compensation. And it's so worth it. For a lot of time given to when it show. works, when it works, it's just so magical. But yeah, and it makes it all worth it. What were the hardest parts of those first couple of years? You said that you struggled, and my, I'm in the same boat as well. I had struggles that um, that that affected my acting, but also struggles that acting helped pave. Um, what were the things that you were kind of struggling with in those first steps? You know, understand, I got very lucky, you guys. I produced my own play. I got an audition for a equity theater. I got the lead role. I got a Jeff nomination. Yeah. So I got very lucky in terms of like kind of having to make my way through the Chicago theaters. Not that I wouldn't have enjoyed that. I actually probably would have, hmm. you know, uh, but just finding your way. And then as you make it into screen auditions, really understanding what they are. And understanding and accepting that process is is the struggle, you know, and I think it, it kind of clicks for actors as they get older, if they stay in the business at a certain point, it's like, oh, like that's the job. Auditioning is the job. Yep. It, the booking is the bonus. You might get it. You might. Not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, but but certainly getting there is a struggle. It's it's frustrating. Yeah. And I'm still frustrated at the Chicago theater. Like I, you know, I've only been able to do about four plays or five plays. And uh, I, I just never found my way in. Like nobody asked me in, you know, I, I got a little gig at Steppenwolf, uh, but then that kind of fizzled out and, you know, and, and, and again, the big part of acting is I had a lot of personal issues in my life at that point which were not allowing me to focus on my career or my craft at all. And what were those? Well, it was a lot of like childhood stuff. I yeah. really kind of was, was meddling in my own life in really unhealthy ways mm -hmm. and sabotaging shit for myself and abusing booze like a motherfucker and basically creating a bunch of really unhealthy relationships. And so you I know, had yeah. kind, of, kind of bounce for a couple of years and then my, my reputation took a hit and oh. my career took a hit. And I was like, I'm not running away from this. Like this is bullshit. I'm talented and I made some mistakes. And I'm going to, I'm going to deal with them. Well, there's nothing like acting to put a magnifying glass on your deficiencies to speed up the, um, the paving process. Because one thing you love more than anything for me, I, I had to give up drinking six years ago when you saw me squeaky clean Tommy in that Walmart. Chances are he's hung over his shit from the night before. Right. Right? right. You know, maybe if he did, if I, if I had the decency to not drink before the night before an audition, it, it was, it was coming right after, you know, I was going to go to Applebee's right across the street from O'Connor, you know, it's learning to manage anxiety. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, but you had to, you had to have that paved in order for acting to take off, which you love more than anything else. You had to come to terms with all this other stuff. Yeah. And to be able to focus on it and be healthy enough to right. accept the no's. Right. Be healthy enough to be like, well, it's their loss. And, you know, maybe maybe that'll give me the next gig and move on. Be healthy about it. Right. You know, because it's it's a, it's a it's a 
an abusive uh, industry. It is. It really is. I mean, we we get more hit than we get the more hits than the trophies. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's all worth it in in those moments, totally. like you said, right? So, um, you know, you were you mentioned something about it kind of chooses you and. I went to Chicago for Second City, SNL, and then movies. That's how it's all going to be. That's that's guaranteed. Like, <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, you fuck up the SNL audition. You're too young in the comedy scene. Drama comes to town. You start doing more indies, and and yeah. you get taken off on this other boat, right? So you're maybe you're swinging and missing in the theater department. But if you weren't, uh, if you weren't, you would you would have maybe missed the train that you were really supposed to be on, which was maybe on camera. Hundred percent. Like no regrets. You have to just right. like move on and and be grateful for you know where you are and and know that. Look, if you're in it for some big payoff or some big happening or some big plan, like go fuck off. It, it's just not how it goes. It's it's again, it's a life event. It's 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 a lifelong event, and you know if you choose to be in it, you're in it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. You had reasonable expectations right off the get go, and I did. I knew that in my forties, things would things would be actually begin. But before that, they'd be peppering just to keep you in a little longer, one more booking to last you another year. Yeah, and that's yeah. that. That was how I knew my journey was going, and that's how it's kind of going now. Um, but you had reasonable expectations at the very beginning, which I think it 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 just started things off on the right foot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I always tell actors like you know take care of yourself. Make sure you're, 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 you have a job and you have a community, you have a favorite restaurant and you have relationships and, and that, you know, that you feel take care of yourself. And like, then you can really give, then you can give a healthy portion of, you can give a lot more and you're going to well, be more successful. Yeah. That's what we say. You got to help yourself. You got to help yourself. If you want to help another person, that's, you know, that's the, 100%. if you want to be the utmost of service or, uh, power. Um, okay. So, so Chicago, you're, you're, you were with Marisa things. Um, obviously yeah. you, you recent, you signed with another agent. Was that a situation where you had to make a decision or was it an effortless organic thing? It was just, you know, we, we had come to a place where we had some personal issues, yeah. some personal relationship stuff, which I, I don't need to get too far into, but I have utmost respect for her. I think she's a, an amazing person and a great agent. And how did you go about getting signed with Gray? There are some people in the, some of our listeners who are interested in getting signed. Was there yeah. something that they tracked you down? No, I, uh, I basically didn't have an agent for about a year and a half. Took some time to clean up my life. Uh, focused on my other business a little bit. And then uh when I was ready, I honestly, I did the online submission to gray talent. Nice. Uh, I, you know, I knew enough people in the business to know like, that's who I want to go. That's who I want to work with. Yeah. And I, I, that's why that's the first one I submitted to. And, uh, she hired me done and they've been amazing. I mean, I'm, I feel very fortunate. They are, they're working for me. Yeah. It's they're, amazing. they're amazing. They're what, what year would this have been? Oh man. So this would have been like probably 2016, 2017. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, again, I feel very lucky at times because I kind of, I got to skip the line on some shit that a lot of guys don't. And, uh, 
uh, you know, but, but that's not to say it's not hard earned, you know, right. It just kind of worked out that way. Everybody has their own struggles that they are uh, going through in order to get to where they are. You maybe passed up some, but you had your own, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and how was the transition from, you know, uh, live theater on stage work to on camera television work, all of that? Was it something that you. It's still happening. You, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's. I actually think I can become a much better film actor than I currently am, but I need more training. It's not training. I just need to do it more. And, yeah. you know, it's just when you learn theater, I mean, that relationship with the audience for me was such a part of it. Yeah. And and I think that's why I was a very effective theater actor is because I, I could, re- I could get them in my hand a little bit and, t- mm-hmm. and tell this story to them. And so it's just a totally different medium. You're like, oh, I'm trying to completely lose that relationship. It's like, such a it's different gone. beast. Yeah, it's so. And different. so, you know, and you're, you know, you like raise your eyebrow, and it looks like a fucking freight train on the screen. You know, and it's like, okay, okay, like take this way down. But then, well, how do you be? How do you be effective? How do you be dramatic? Because I get so tired of watching believable acting that's boring as fuck. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear your great job acting. is not to be believable. Your job is to be believable and fucking interesting, or like involve us in more than believability, please. So, but then how to be small enough for film? And so, the very long answer, and I apologize, but it, you know, God, the, no, 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 no. basics of it is, is it's still happening, and I'm still okay. fascinated by it. That's why I'm still doing it because I'm like, how does this work? And was it ever like a conscious decision on your part to like, oh, this is something that I would like to also try and audition for? Or did your representation at any point in time be like, hey, is it cool if I like start doing TV and film work? Is that something you'd be interested in? Or because you seem very theater oriented. You say say theater oriented? Yeah, you seemed like you're on a very. Well, that was all I I mean, that's all I did. Yeah. 15 years i'm always curious into a because they are such almost violently different mediums i i always find it fascinating when someone who is very much theater and straight plays and all that goes into uh on camera because it is just so different and so i wondered you know if that was something that you were interested in you always wanted to do at this point I love yeah. movies as a kid. I always, you know, and again, the whole goal was to tell good stories to as many people as possible. So film is obviously a way to do that. I think it's, it, in some ways, it's a more intellectual event, I think, than stage acting. Stage acting feels very guttural to me. <laughs> and film acting feels very intentional or like thought through. Do you Not think always, I it depends, but... Do you think it's, it's because um, th- that in theater, your momentum is coming from the moment that the curtain rises all the way through? And in film, you're stopping moment to moment, and it's so intellectual. You've got yeah. a magnifying glass on every moment. Yeah, yeah. And the goal is to, like, take take it all away. It's, like, it's fascinating. It's a uh, – but the fundamentals, well, Adam, the fundamentals are the same. You know, it's very simple. It's about, a, it's like, what's the fucking verb? What are you doing to this person? What do you want from them? And what's in your way? 
And what tools are you going to use to get it? Like, those are all, I mean, the rules are the same. I'm going to fill this moment with a verb. You know, I mean. Yeah. It's sort of like a car, you know, same, same directions, same, same way you're getting to the destination, completely different car. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. Um, when did things start to change with you and was there anything that, that you recognized that was the, um, the changing factor in things picking up with on camera? Probably a general sense of peace with myself. I mean, and, and again, and don't let me get too long winded about this, but it, what's fascinating to me is that the, <laughs> you have to fall in love with a piece. You have to, you have to imagine yourself playing that role. And with that comes a connection. You're connected to the piece. And so when that piece gets taken away from you, it's very easy to like, get pissed and get hurt and get, you know, it's like, Oh God, flashback, like abandonment, like all of it. And so, but learning to get to the place where like, I'm not going to do that to myself anymore. I'm going to do my best work. I'm going to send the tape. I'm going to get high as fuck. And I hope they call me back for that or something else. And that getting to the point of peace, I started to book more. Yep. I mean, you know, go on a run. It's like amazing. Every time I don't get any good news, I'm like, I'm going to go on a run. And like, it happens. You go on a run, you come back and get some good news. You know, it's like, and it's, it's the knowing, like you said earlier, that auditioning is the job. And if you just get into the mindset of, okay, today I did my tape, I did my job and it's on to the next one. You crumple that up and you throw it away and you wait for the next job, the next audition to come along and you treat it like that. You don't hang on to the, okay, I just sent my tape. And now, uh, you know, every 15 minutes I'm, I'm waiting on that, that call or that email from my manager. It's like, let that go. You did your job. It literally has nothing to do with, you know, it's it's things that are so utterly out of your control. So it's not about whether you did a great job or not, or, you know, it's, it's factors that you have no control over. So, and move on to the next job, whenever that may be, whether it's three days from then or a week from then, yeah. whatever it is, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's just, you know, it's so competitive, but it, you know, it's so competitive. That's what it is. And, and it's like, it has nothing to do likely has nothing to do with your talent level. If they called you in, they think you're talented. Right. Well done. And if you you call in, it's like, oh, it's just not ready. Calling you in, it's like the casting director is a fan of yours. Like, don't worry about it being about your talent. Like, if you have big offices who love you and consistently call you in, you're doing a good job. Trust that. Yeah. 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 You're, um, I, I came to the conclusion as well. I think it was about 33 or 34 where, you lived long enough and were let down enough so many times by acting or my obsession of the role and losing it. When you come to this point of maturity, I suppose, where your happiness is so important that acting, it's almost like you create this divide now where I'm happy regardless. Am I booking? Am I not? I'm sick of not being happy because of acting. And once you cross that path, you really can't unlearn that. And so Booking becomes so easy because you're not desperate. You've abandoned the control of 
this job as the thing that's going to be mine, you know? Um, and I think every great actor comes to that point, whether it's natural, whether it's in their twenties, thirties, forties, but eventually you have to come to that conclusion. You have, you have to, I mean, you know, the, the amount of people that like get out of college and become famous and never have to like audition is, it just doesn't happen. I mean, yes, it happens, but what you, it just, that's not the story. The story is it's a lifelong event and you get to get your fucking hustle on and then you got to learn how to take no and move on. And if you can't do that, then the it's, job just is not yeah. for you. No, no. Rejections of, you know, healthy, re dealing with rejection in a healthy way is, is the number one lesson anyone can learn, but especially anybody in the creative arts. Yeah. I found it easier to being in, in film and going through casting and watching the absolute perfect person walk through and say, this is exactly what we were all envisioning. 12, 13, 20, 30, 50 other people, they were great for this role, but this is the person. And then when you learn that as an actor, it's like, oh yeah, well, what I did was just my, my bid on the job. They went with another guy that was perfectly capable and perfectly right yeah. for this thing, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then there's those times when you do watch what you didn't get and you're like, that motherfucker. Right. Can you believe that? I just, I just watched yeah. one on HBO the other day and I was like, my tape was better than that. Yeah. He's not giving anything. This has right. no, <laughs> there's nothing here. This is right. bullshit. But the key but, then is to, is to use that and go, well, clearly they were thinking something totally different. Right. You know, and, and that's, then that's the reason. And that's, that's a reason that you can process healthily, you know? You know, I, and I don't, I know a couple of, a couple of actors that went right from college or even didn't go to college. They went right to LA and were on a billboard. Um, so that might happen, but I don't want it because none of, none of those people, and this is, I know of them. I don't know them, know them like talk from an outside perspective. There's no character there. There's no story there. You know, they're just there and they've experienced this money in their bank account for so many years. They're not really sure what struggle is. And, no, you know, no. like my mom said, if you're not struggling, then I don't know what I can learn from you. Yeah, yeah. There's something to be said about when, you know, you've you've done so many tapes and maybe a year has gone by, two years have gone by. And it's just like I've been doing this. So, you know, the audition process for so long. And then you finally get that day, that week that month, whatever it is on set. And you're just beaming with gratitude because you're remembering all the time that you haven't worked and you're just so fucking thrilled to be there. Whereas, you know, if you came out of college and it was handed to you, then that's all you expect. And you don't have that. Like, I'm so lucky yeah. to be on set working today. Like I get to be a professional actor, you know, the gratitude that comes with it when you've been hustling for so many years. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And the, the gratitude bleeds into you on set later on in your years where you're treating everybody respectfully and responsibly. And that money that comes in, you're, you're responsible with what that money is and where is it going? Because you know what the struggle is. You know what that a penny and a dollar is to you because you struggle to get that. Yeah. Um, so Ira, you know, when, when things were picking up, I'm seeing, something about 2015, 16, you, you, you booked Chicago PD, um, a co-star in 2015 ish. Um, and then things started to kind of pick up for you, especially 
2017 with Empire, Chicago Fire, Fargo, of course. And then um, we can't forget that Stranger Things, obviously the new season is out on Netflix. So congratulations with that. When, when did things begin to really take off? Was it Fargo? Was it before? I mean, Fargo was, was a big deal for me. Can you talk um, about the process of that booking? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it honestly, it's one of these you read and I was like, that's mine. Like I'm taking this. What about it was. And I knew Dan Waller was in a play. So say that I knew Dan Waller was in a play. I knew he was unavailable. I don't know if you know Dan Waller, but he's a, you know, a great friend of mine, but he could have taken it. from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, and it's, it's PR and I just can't, I can't give enough love to them. It's just love like them. meat and potatoes. It's like you're in your family room. And that's still when we were going in, you know, and I did my thing and, you know, I don't know. I just kind of knew it. And Mickey was like, I, I got nothing to say. And I booked it. Uh, so, you know, there's some of those like that, you know, where it's like you get it. Oh, right. You're like, totally. Shit. Every now, now and then, you know, is, you know, someone will have that in their the story of their life that like it just you feel it. And, yeah. you know, especially God, back when we used to do this in a, a room, you know, there's times you can feel it in the room and you're like you walk out and you. All right. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You're like, yeah, I really I'm thinking that's mine it just feels like me yeah, it's yeah. something you know it just it's that special something because sometimes you know you do it and you're like yeah whatever but then there's those roles that man it just it feels like putting on a, a nice glove or you know it just yeah so you just Tom, know guess, you know to, to answer that it's like it kind of happened in slow motion it wasn't it wasn't like oh i this happened you know how our business is it's like i got cast in stranger things a year ago you know, and a, two, five days ago is the first time I could talk about it. So, you know, it gets, it just kind of happened. And then when Fargo came out, like some other shit, like slathered right on it. And it was like, oh, okay. Like I'm in the game. And I was able to spend some time in LA and get some auditions out, out there. And, uh, you know, again, it's, you're only as good as your last race. Right. I mean, so who knows, you know, I have a big movie coming out in, uh, around Christmas time, not a not a huge role, but a super cool project, and I'm super excited about it. But I don't what's, have any uh, what's James Cameron like? What was the set of Avatar two like? Can you talk? About that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wrong guess. If I'm right, I'm gonna laugh so hard <laughs> in the uh, theater with big 3D goggles on. He was fucking lying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, so I mean, I'm very hopeful though. I'm in a really peaceful place with my career. I'm about to have a baby. Congrats. Oh, congrats. Yeah. And so I, I just feel really blessed. Like, oh man, I'm in the game. It's like people want to see me. That's great. And I'm gonna work really hard to turn in fucking good material and tell good stories. You know, this is um yeah. And I'm hopeful for the first time in a long time. I feel like settled a little bit. Like, hey, I, I'm not trying Love. to prove shit here. Like, yeah, you're you're everything that you need to be right here and now, and that sort of satisfaction that you've, you know, it comes in. I think mid thirties to mid forties, you realize I don't have anything to prove because I've done, I've done the things in the room that get me the booking. I don't need to prove anything anymore. I can just be effortlessly present, do what I do, yeah. and then it becomes it's just so easy. It's just so easy. 
you know, I, it feels like that's the oh that that feels like the goal. What you're saying is that momentum of okay, I just did this thing. It's probably going to come out in a year. I hope something and then something else happens. It's like all right, that's going to be this time, and then that's going to be at that time. I have that to look forward to. Now yeah. I'm going to have a baby. Maybe I'll get something in a few weeks. That'll be you know that like momentum and trajectory of like okay, and then knowing of like. I think I'm like in the game right now and I have things kind of stacked and coming out and things to look forward to. And then you just hope that, you know, work begets work and one thing leads to another in terms of like casting and all that. And yeah, the hope hope would be to guide your career then. And really, you know, like the goal for me isn't just to get cast. It's to get cast in stories I want to tell, you know, like we all know this, like it's great to get a guest star on a major network. It's awesome. Is that necessarily my most passionate story I want to tell? Absolutely not. And I think that's true for a lot of people, but you know, for me, it's like, I want to seek out those, those oddball shows and these, you know, I'm watching severance right now. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, you know, more of a theatrical film in a way, like how do Mm -hmm. I get, how do I, you know, but now you have a game card that you can share with a casting director and go, Hey, here's what I've done. Totally. I love what you're working on. You know, you have some, you have a little bit of currency. Right. Yeah. So what are the things that you are, um, you have yet to do that you kind of do want to do? You, you mentioned that you're on the other side of the camera. Um, production wise, are there things that you boxes that you want to check off in the coming years? I mean, you know, I love my, 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 we I run this company called hero solutions and we make all kinds of awesome shit for advertising. Like, and we're really good at it. We can do it really fast and we make high end props and, and now we're doing like uh, influencer fulfillment and stuff like that. I, the business is growing really steadily. And uh, what does that mean? Influencer fulfillment. Okay. So what used to be like a $250,000 spot, commercial now the production uh-huh. company is going hang on what if we took that two hundred fifty thousand dollars, made some shit to send to people for free and they'll create us all this content i see, okay. I see, I see, I see. so it's, yep. it's kind of a way of like instead of hiring a production company maybe to shoot a spot they would you know try to get like janet jackson and somebody else and then 200 200 other like influencers send them this free thing that like plays music and get them to post about it. Gotcha. Right? Okay. I see. And Great. and they, they turnarounds are so fast that they don't have time to go overseas to get it manufactured. So they come to guys like us. Wow. And we're mm. one of the few shops in the country that can do it. Wow. wow. Talk about and getting so, ahead of the game. I mean, you saw what was in demand and you kind of got ahead of it. We just we just got real lucky, man. We created this big collaborative building that has like 40 artists in it. And it's like the phone rings. I'm like, what do you need? When do you need it? And how much money do you got? Get out. Cool. So, but in terms of my own person, you know, I'm a theater guy. I, I I really, you know, if anyone in the world hears this, like I want to do a play and I, I you know, I want to own a theater eventually. Like it's a big goal of mine is to like, um, you know, actually have a space that I can collaborate and let other theaters perform in and create a community and then have a blank palette to kind of do the plays that I want to do, not under the not-for-profit model. And, you know, maybe with some different intentions than a lot of sort of uh, traditional theaters. 
And do you feel like you, that Chicago is going to be your home or do you have sites elsewhere? I mean, I love it. We just bought a house in Oak Park. I, it feels like it's like some leave it to beaver shit. I mean, it's awesome. Super cozy. We love it here. The winters are hard, but I, I think it's a really good creative home for me. It's, it's been really generous to me, Chicago. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a wonderful place. And, you know, I'll say it when I left and went to New York and then I went back to Chicago for the first time, it was like you left your family and then you came it you came back and like it just wasn't the same anymore because you don't live there but you get reminded just how wonderful it is so if anyone's like oh chicago like chicago is one in a million and if you leave you will miss it when you come back it's not going to be the same chicago that you remember because you're not there anymore so yeah if you're i mean it, it is such a great place and it is so welcoming and comfortable and midwest and familiar And I, I miss all of that. You go to New York or LA, it's like you really don't know anybody. It's a it's everything's new. You're starting I mean, over. I loved I love New York, man. I had, I spent like three years basically driving a cube truck around Manhattan. I was like an art PA. Yeah. You know, and it was the best fucking lessons of my life. Oh, man. yeah. I mean, I loved I, I love New York. York City, but it yeah. For me, it just wasn't, you know, to breaking in. I mean, it's just how do you, where do you break in in New York? Not even in the acting world. I'm talking about in the world world. Like where do you? And it, it can get very cumbersome for a man in his mid twenties who's like, mm. you know. So it was I had to get out of there, but I love going back, and it's it's there's no place like it on earth. It's awesome. It's awesome. But there is something to say. There's nothing like Chicago, and it always has the stamp of like this idyllic comfort and familiar place. So, you know, it's, it's a wonderful yeah. city and it's a city that you could make a career in, especially now as things move, um, you know, Hollywood now can be propped up in any old place. We just had a wonderful interview um, with an actor who, who has made a living for himself in New Mexico in yeah. that market, which is killing. So Chicago, I think in the onset of 2010 ish, 11, um, once Dick Wolf came and incentives came and, and the world kind of saw that Chicago actors could be guest stars oh, yeah. and regulars, you know, yeah. um, that was a big help for that market. And they're building, they're building more studios. I mean, they, they, they're not stopping. I, I think Chicago is going to become a serious epicenter. I mean, there was a one point last year, I think Chicago was shooting 13 shows and LA only had 31. I mean, wow. oh, you know, so it seems like it's a, it's a good place to be. Wow. No, it is. Fru- I'll tell you, it is. It's frustrating. And I, I don't feel like Chicago actors get a, get a first look ever, you know. Yeah. And it, God, it makes me crazy, but I'm going to fight it. I'm going to get there. Cause Just because of the zip code, you know, I mean, they've yeah. proven themselves to be wonderful actors. And now people do actually go to Chicago for talent. Um, so um, what you know, we do have a lot of listeners who are kind of just starting out and um, a lot of listeners who maybe are struggling, who aren't starting out and are in the middle of maybe some thing that they're struggling with. Um, you've had such an interesting career of ups and downs. What would you say to, to those who want a little bit of guidance um, upon what you've learned in these last 20 years or so? Well, it's, a, it's a tricky question because everybody's so different, you know, and, and your, your paths are just so different. You know, my, my biggest advice is, yeah, it, it is a struggle. And the, the second you 
the second you can accept that, it, it gives you your power back. It's like, hey, I'm involved in a struggle, but it's not going to it's 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 a lifelong struggle. And it's 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 chess. It's it's getting paid off. You know, I got huge. My career got huge payoffs this month for Stranger Things. I haven't shot anything in five weeks. You know what I mean? Like I, I haven't booked anything in probably two months. So it, you got to understand it'll come back. It comes back and it's ebbs and flows. And the second you can kind of take your power back of your own life. And it's like, you're not defined by this. You're, you're right. Like, yeah. You, this is, this is something you do and, and you'll either continue to do it or you won't. But if you continue to do it, be gentle with yourself. Like, be loving to yourself. There's something that happens, I think, when you begin to accept the struggle as, as you accept victory. Um, I think it, it's like you're in this ship and you're not just a stowaway. You're now the captain. Once you've accepted the struggle and you're like, yeah, yeah, it's the struggle and I'm here for it. Then you, you're like you said, you you start to become comfortable in it because you've accepted it as as a reality in your life. And you're kind of you're in the captain's chair now because you've kind of embraced it as as a true thing. Does it suck? Sure. But you can't just have a great, you know, great days every day. You can't just no. book a role every single time you go out. You know, and to capitalize on that, you know, especially younger people, you know, always like ask yourself why you're doing it. Like what if you're doing it because you want to be rich, if you're doing it because you want to be famous. I mean, it's just a, that's a different game. I don't even know how to advise you. Good luck. Like, go get real beautiful and do whatever you have to do to get there. But the, I, I don't know how someone goes about that. What I do know is if you're going to be a lifetime, lifelong actor that that that's not the, the intentions have to be there the intention for me is to tell good stories it's like that that can help people understand other people and humanity and like but if you don't have a pure sense of why you're doing this maybe you shouldn't be and that's an okay thing to ask yourself and it's an okay thing to step away i took i took two different periods of time off in my life one for about two years one for about five years where I just didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't audition. I didn't pursue it. You know, it's okay to like navigate that with yourself. <laughs> it's nice to hear that Ira, because we can get in a, some sort of false belief that every single day we've got to go hard every single year. We've got to go hard. The minute that we let up is the minute that we lose momentum and we're yeah. out. But after 15 years, you realize, dude, you need a break. You need to take off because you're going to self-destruct. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of mental anguish to be a grown ass man, putting yourself into dramatic situations all the time and trying to like connect with characters that aren't there. Like it's fucking hard work. And it's no like, wonder we have drinking problems. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, it hurts your brain. It's like, take a, <laughs> you know, go to the beach, man, go get laid, like go fuck off. Like it doesn't matter. You know, like, don't let it define you. It might end up defining you at the end of your life, but don't let it define your day to day living. Amen. Ah, love it. Ira, um, where can people find you online? I'm so bad at this. He's like, I don't give a shit. shit. You know, I, I make things for influencers. I'm literally like <laughs> so old school. I still have like a Facebook that I kind of post political cards. I know you're going to say MySpace. Right. 
Um, I just don't really have that going for me yet. And I don't know. I, I still, I don't know what the right answer is. Like the that's whole okay. Thing, this the is his the hardest himself, question like, we've asked him, Adam. Like last night, like Sean Levy tweets a picture of me and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. You know, I, I frame it, share it and I print it out. Uh, you know, luckily my wife, who's a film producer and a very lovely person, uh, you might know her, Tommy, Angie Gaffney. You, 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 yeah. might, you guys might have crossed paths. Yep, I know, Angie. She helped me out a little bit, but I'm just notoriously bad at it. The big thing is like, that's okay. check me out on IMDb. That's that's probably honestly the, the best place. And uh, you go know, to the, just keep up, keep up the hustle. Love yeah. it. Ira, so, uh, Ira, what what do you got up in the in the pipeline yeah, coming you, out? You've got a movie coming out this Christmas. I do. It's super secret. Okay. Cool. NDA stuff. Um, are you? I know. Uh, Stranger Things final season part one just came out. Are you in part two in a few weeks? I, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Um, that, my understanding is that that character is over. Um, gotcha. But, but that was, just, you yeah. know, check Ira out in that. You have a top secret NDA clad film coming out this Christmas. That's exciting. Um, Let us know and we'll we'll um, post it on our Instagram, yeah, which is an yeah. online social media thing. You, you wouldn't understand. Yeah. Is, what do you guys do? Do you guys play that game? Do you guys have like Twitter? I have to. It's, it's your it's your LinkedIn. Our, our Insta is our. Is, you that, know, you is, that, is that true? Really? I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm seriously asking because it's like, I'm not um, going to do it. I need to hire somebody to do it. I will say as someone who has um, written and directed two short films, <laughs> a lot of people don't really give a shit about short films and the like general ether, but um, having Instagram pages for it with some notable actors in there that a lot of people follow when you tag someone in something and then they send it out to let's just say a several hundred thousand people then this little short film that is near and dear to me because i wrote it and directed it now there's a lot of eyes on this thing and people want to see it and you know um there's audience awards and uh yeah. film festivals and yeah. like you know it just you kind of generate momentum for something that like let's just say for two short films, there wouldn't really be a lot of, you know? So it's right. things like that where you get, you have certain people involved and enough people involved that they all spread it out into their social networks. Right. And then, you know, you get a little following and you have people want to uh, seek out the next film festival that you're going to be in to pay to see it and write lovely reviews for you on IMDb. And like, you know, it, so right. That regard, I have found it really cool and interesting because without social media, it's like, I you know, I keep how hoping to like, I keep hoping to slip in on like the grandfather rule, like the old guy, like, oh, I don't know, I didn't make the cutoff, I don't do the right. <laughs> but, well, listen, but, but I tell me though that your your influencer company has an Instagram. Well, that's you know, I we, I just took measures because I'm having this kid and acting's been picking up to to have more of my company kind of, uh, you know, uh, contracted out to help me. Yeah, out. you gotta so you gotta be accessible. A lot of that stuff's being a lot of that stuff's being addressed as we speak. And I there you go. I do. I am in talks with some tech kids to like help me out. It's just frustrating. I know. 
It's like, mm. what is that? What? And I'm terrified, guys. I'm ter I'm terrified of saying the wrong thing. I really am. I just like, I don't want to say. I don't want to crack some joke and like. Uh -oh, just post like, pictures. Amix did it again. Yeah, like, ah. I am. Get him out of here. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Hi, right, everybody. Um, so much for joining us. We're excited to see everything that you have coming up. Hey, man. You guys, thanks for having me. That was fun to give a, give a chat to some contemporaries. Thank you, Ira. Absolutely. It was great to chat with you, man. Thanks for swinging by. All right. Be well. Bye. All right, everybody. Enjoy uh, Stranger Things, new season on Netflix. I'm going to watch it tonight. Uh, what a lovely episode. Yeah. Great guy. I've always... Um, I've always wanted to chat with him and you know, he's just, um, you can tell there's a lot, there's so many layers to him as a person mm -hmm. and, and it yes. comes out in his acting. I've always looked at him and been intrigued, just intrigued about him as a person and the roles that he could play. I'd love to cast him in something. I would love to do that. Um, never he has the look and the voice, you know, of someone, uh, who's just like a really solid character actor who just works and works and works and works. Cause yeah. they just, they have that interesting quality that people interesting. want exactly. in their projects. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so I hope right now he just is really on a, uh, a momentum and a trajectory and just like keeps plugging away and booking stuff. And, you know, in a few years he could have a really, Oh my God an awesome fucking resume that he should be super proud of. Well, some people, they, they act a lot in their twenties and thirties and then trail off and then that's it. But you know, for him, it's only, I think it's such a great indication of, of what to look forward to for him. And it's nice to know that, you know, he took off two years. He took off five years. He had shit going wrong in his life. He picked himself up. You know, this yeah. is the great story of struggle. And um, I love that he is all about that and accepting that they're, is struggle and it's okay to struggle. You can still be the captain of your own ship and yeah. still, you know, and still struggle. Yeah. Um, great guy. Uh, all right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this, um, this episode. We'll see you next week. You can find out more about before the break and how to become a working actor at workingactorpro.com. Follow us on Instagram at before the break pod and working actor pro check out Adam's stuff at adamdecarlo.com. Follow him at that Adam DeCarlo. And you can see my stuff at tommybeardmore.com. Follow me at I'm Tommy, by the way, don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a rating and write a review. If you like what you heard, check back next week for an all new episode with an all new guest, Adam. That's it. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Before the Break. The hosts are Tommy Beardmore and Adam DiCarlo. Cover art by Amanda June Boucher. Music by Benjamin Sterley. Before the Break is recorded live from Los Angeles and New York City.